The Hammer, Chapter 37 The Molokar settlement was in darkness as Corvin walked in the glow of the purple moss. The leader of the Grey Men had departed as silently as he'd come, but Corvin felt he still watched over him. Corvin walked up to the karst and looked over the edge. The dark hole held no power over him. He had climbed down that rope and had faced his fears. Corvin looked across at the broken platform that hung sloppily over the mirror of black water below, a row of empty shackles dangling from its edge. The young boy with the crew-cut hair must have escaped. He ran a hand over his own head. His hair had grown considerably longer during his time in the Corps. He was now an adult. He turned away from the karst. If being an adult meant saving innocent lives, then he was willing to embrace that responsibility. The cliff dwellings were all dark, and Jockton's home was as lifeless as the rest. Corvin crept into the entry and set the sack of food on the floor. There was a cough from the inner chamber. A small fire stick sputtered, and the tree in the tapestry that covered the inner chamber came to life. Viewed from this side, it was covered in pale blue blossoms. At the top left corner was a man dressed in a green cloak. On the other side, facing him, was a woman in a white dress. Between them were the hammer, the medallion, and a strange staff with a red glow. The scene split in two, and light fell onto his face. The old woman gave him a half-hearted smile. I was hoping you would return soon. She held the curtain open. She is fading quickly. Her strength is almost gone. She motioned for him to follow. Corvin was shocked by the sight of Kate's white face on the stone table. Had it not been for the old woman's words, he would have been certain she was dead. She has been in deep darkness, Corvan. I thought the medallion might bring her back, but she continues to slip away. He squeezed Kate's limp hand. There has to be something we can do for her. The old woman caressed the girl's forehead. It is hard to know what to do when the good of the many is weighed against our love for one. It is possible to cut the centers from a few large Illumians and squeeze their life into her mouth. But I do not know if that would be enough. And in the end, the core would be a darker place. Corbin touched her shoulder. What about these? Pulling the pouch from his pocket, he lifted one of her hands and dropped the last two seeds into it. Instantly, the room was infused with warmth and light. Where did you... It can't be. How is this possible? She stared at the bright gems in disbelief. Can they help Kate? The old woman's fingers closed around the seeds. The pulsing red glow shone through her skin and outlined her bony fingers. Light twinkled at the gap where her thumb would have been. She twisted her head to look into his eyes. These represent new life for the core. Would you deny an entire world their salvation to save one person? Corvin wanted to say yes, but the word stuck in his throat. Seeing his hesitation, she shook her head. We do not even know if it would work. If we allowed her to eat just one of these, I think it would be more than her tired body could handle. Just touching them, I feel the power flow through my hand. Corvin wrestled with his thoughts. Gavin had one seed, the healer could keep one, and the other could save Kate. But what if all three were needed to bring light back to the core? He looked at Kate's pale face. Could he let all these people die to save her? Could we at least let her touch one and see if that helps? There was no answer. Corvin turned to find a dumbfounded look of amazement on the wrinkled face. Would touching them help her? He asked again. Ever so slowly, she lifted her hand before him and opened it wide. The two seeds sparkled merrily on her smooth palm as she pushed her hand closer. Look, Corvan, my hand! Corvin looked closely at her hand. It looked like a teenager's hand attached to a gaunt old arm. 
Does this mean it can help, Kate? Corvin, she said his name the way his mother did when he wasn't listening. My thumb is back. Like a salamander could regrow its tail, the seed's power had regrown the old woman's thumb. But he didn't have time to wonder about it, for the old woman pushed past him to the table. Gently she pulled Kate's hands down to her side with the palms facing up. Hold this for her, she said, handing him the medallion. It is very powerful, but it cannot stop death. Stooping lower, the woman put one of the seeds into Kate's right hand. Nothing happened. Should we put one in the other hand? Corvin asked. Don't be so hasty. A darkened soul is very different from a severed thumb. This may take some time. But she doesn't have much time. Look. He turned back to find Kate's hand closing over the red gem. The light crept past the tightly clenched fist and up her arm. Color returned to her face. The healthy glow moved down her left arm and stopped at the welts around her wrist. The pale hand clenched and the glow receded away from the welts. She needs the other one in this hand, Corvin urged. No, the old woman said firmly. There is enough power in the one. She must make the choice to accept it. She must let go of the hate and accept the love she has been given. Corvin squeezed Kate's forearm. The warmth was being pushed back by a deathly cold. He put his face over hers. Please don't give in, Kate. He clenched her arm tighter and the cold stopped. Your mom misses you. She loves you. He leaned in closer. And I do too. A surge of warmth pushed under his hand. The red welts around her wrist turned black and crumbled off like old scabs. Tears of relief slipped down Corvin's cheek and splashed on Kate's forehead. As he wiped them away, she took a long, slow breath, her face reflecting a deep calm. Her body relaxed and her hands opened. The old woman inspected the seed in Kate's open hand. A pink glow flickered across its surface. She has absorbed much of its life. She picked it up, and Kate's hands clutched frantically at the air. Let her hold the medallion instead. It will comfort her. Corvin placed the disc in Kate's palm, and her fingers wrapped tightly around it. Is the seed still alive? Yes, but I will need to plant it very soon. She held out her hand. May I have the bag to keep them both safe? Corvin handed her the empty bag. Dropping both seeds inside, she tucked it away in her tunic and sat wearily on the bench. Do you think she'll be able to walk on her own? Corvin asked. I need to get her to where they found that crack in the core wall. The seed has done wonders for her, but I do not think she can walk. Her eyes filled with tears. If Jockton were here, he could help you carry her. Corvin looked into her sad face. Painful though it might be, she deserved to hear the truth about her husband. He sat beside her on the bench and told her of the fight in the pit, how bravely Jockton had faced the monster and how he slew it. Tears rolled down her cheeks as he told her how he'd buried her husband. I wanted to put a sign there to tell everyone that beneath these rocks was Jockton, slayer of the great beast. She brushed the tears from her cheeks. You did right by him. You will be a great leader. Corvin's shoulders sagged. I don't think I can be a good leader. I fail more often than I succeed. She took his hand in both of hers, one frail and wizened, the other pink and warm with renewed life. If you keep doing what is right, are merciful and live with honor, you will become a great Corvan. She looked at Kate. And now that the girl is well, you can stay here and help us drive the evil from our world. But she can't live under the light of the Lumians. 
She pursed her lips. I'm not so sure. That seed was powerful. It may have... I can't stay, Corvin interjected. I promised I'd bring her home. The old woman patted his leg. Get some rest. I would offer you food, but the soldiers will not give me any because I could not work in the fields. But now I can, she held up her healed hand. Jockton always regretted asking me to find him more fire sticks to explore the passages. I wish he was here to see this. Corvin stood and retrieved a cloth bag from the entry. He placed it on the bench and untied the top. She chuckled as she pulled out all the different foods. After they shared an enjoyable meal together, Corvin replaced half the food back into the bag and pushed the rest toward her on the bench. She tried to put some back in his bag, but he pulled the drawstring tight and held it high over his head where she could not reach it. She laughed out loud as tears flowed down her face. Kate groaned and moved. The old woman hurried over and felt her pulse as Corvin hovered over her. She's coming around. Her body is growing stronger. Good. I don't think we have much time before Jordan and his men get here to evacuate the settlement and seal it off. Corvin picked up the bag of food and flipped his hood back over his head. She peered up at him through her white hair. Why would they do that? They want to make sure that no one can enter or leave through that crack. That is why I had to come back so quickly. It is the only way to get Kate back to the surface. Panic rose in her eyes. You can't leave. There are many things you should know about your family's history in the Corps, who they were, and who you are. My family was from the Corps? She threw her hands in the air. Not just from it. Your family ruled the Corps before the rise of the Watchers. Corvin put the bag down on the bench. How can I be from the Corps, yet live above? Kate rolled onto her side. The old woman sat and put a hand on Kate's shoulder. I can tell you about that and many other things. There is much you need to know before you can go through the core shield back to your world. George's voice spoke from beyond the curtain. You shall not be allowed to pass through. <laughs>